This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. The topic of our lesson this morning and for next Sunday, this is going to be a two-Sunday lesson, uh, is entitled Short-Term Missions and uh, has to do with taking short-term missionary trips. And I believe it's one of the most important lessons in this series on missions. All of them have been important and, and they're important topics, but I say what I'm about to say because our church has been very involved with short-term missions. And, uh, <clears throat> and I'm glad that we're scheduled to teach this lesson because there are some things that I think would be uh, uh, educational in a sense, and spiritual, uh, and spiritual blessing too, to learn about short-term missions because, <clears throat> because of the involvement as a church we have. And uh, some of you may wonder why the teenagers take these short-term mission uh, trips that they take, <clears throat> uh, helping missionaries with Bible school, or with uh, vacation Bible school, and um, and some of the other trips that we've, we've sent teams to Puerto Rico, uh, Reggie's been a part of that, uh, Tommy Warrington. Anybody else here? I think uh, um, uh, my aged mind just went blank. Ron, who's your friend that sits over here? George Lindsay. George Lindsay. That's all right. You all get as old as I am someday, and you'll you'll know what this is all about. <laughs> George, you've been on a couple mission trips. Oh, you haven't. I thought. thought. Anybody? Okay. Um, don't, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Right. Amen. Yes. Uh, Gordon, you've been on mission trips. Okay. Martha has. Who else? Rosetta? Yes. Okay. Great. Uh huh. Good. Good. Ray, where you been? What'd they say? Okay. Good. Great. Then you know what it's all about. Martha, you've been to Puerto Rico, no? No. St. Kitts. Yeah. Right. And the reason I took the time to do that is to, to let, let you know as a church, and because uh, sometimes this kind of gets swept under the rug, so to speak. I mean, it, you know, it's uh, we know a team goes out and they come back and give a little report and then we forget about them. But this is an important part of the ministry of our church. And uh, next Sunday, I've asked Reggie to take uh, 15, even 20 minutes, Reggie, I don't care how long you take, to share with us what God has done in his life as a short-termer. Uh, going to some, He's been to Puerto Rico. Uh, he's been on. Was it? Did you? You did you go on Sea Hope? You went on the other one, right? Yeah. And and uh, been several on several of these short-term trips. 
And, um, and, and next Sunday, if some of the rest of you that have been on short-term trips want to share with us, um, keep in mind that, the, uh, that we only have until noon, you know, uh, what it, how it has impacted your life spiritually. Um, I don't particularly, I, I don't especially want to know specifically what you did on these trips. You can, you can mention that if you'd like. But I'm more interested in what God did in your life. And as a result of what it's doing through you to our, for our church, uh, if you'd like to give a testimony, let me know. Martha, maybe you want to share something. Um, some of the rest of it. Maybe Ray, even, even you, even though the trip wasn't from our church. Um, if some of, some of you want to give a testimony next Sunday of what short-term missions, missionary work has done in your life. Have you ever been on a short-term trip? Gene? Yeah, that's it. That wasn't short term, though. I still go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I think it would be. <clears throat> I think it would be very informative to the church of the importance that these trips are uh, have. And so this is what our lesson's about today. And so I want to get into it and um, and share with you what we have here this morning and. Um, and uh, we'll <clears throat> hopefully I'll get through the whole outline by the end of next week, unless unless Reggie takes the whole hour, and that's fine if you do, brother, and the rest of you. All right, our Father, I pray you'll guide our thoughts today. I'm thankful, Lord, for our missionary conference. We're grateful, Lord, for the speakers we had, the missionaries that were in our conference. We're thankful, Lord, for the privilege that we have to support missionaries, so many missionaries. And I'm thankful, God, that you enabled us not only to reach our goal for this missions year, but to surpass it in our faith promise giving. And so, Lord, I just want you to bless this lesson today. Teach us, God, what you would have us to know. I pray this in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. I want to give you, I want to give you just a brief testimony this morning, and this, <clears throat> this may sound a little self-serving. I don't want it to be, uh, but I, I want to tell you this for a reason, what I'm about to tell you. God has privileged me as a pastor to develop uh, significant missions ministries in more than one church. It started when I was in Indianapolis. I introduced Faith Promise to that church, uh, Southside Baptist Church in Indianapolis when I was there. And God blessed it. Uh, we had a wonderful missionary program. We got, got things going as far as missions is concerned. But I never took a missionary trip uh, when I was in Indianapolis. I'm thinking, no, not Indianapolis. And then when God moved us to Hopewell, Virginia, we were there for 17 years, uh, they, uh, <clears throat> they knew what faith promise was, but they weren't very involved in it. And, uh, and, and God had really burdened my heart. Well, I kept hearing these preachers uh, talk about faith promise when I was in Indianapolis before I really knew much about it, about faith promise. Faith promise, faith promise, faith promise. And I kept asking myself, what in the world is that? So I went to one of the pastors there in Indianapolis who, 
whose church was very involved with Faith Promise, and, and God was using that church as a wonderful missionary outreach church. That a wonderful missionary program. And I sat in that pastor's office, and he taught me. And that's how I got started with Faith Promise. Uh, when I realized that it was a biblical principle, that it was the biblical way to give, especially to missions. And some people call it grace giving. I, our pastor uses that terminology as well. John Godfrey, or John um, Halsey, uh, who was the father of missions around in this area, um, he taught me an awful lot as well. But uh, he calls it also, he called it also grace giving, and that's what it's called in uh, 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, is give to this grace it speaks of there. Anyway, when I, when I went to uh, Hopewell, uh, Faith Promise was introduced in the church, but it was not a very uh, promoted thing. And so I began to promote it, and, um, and uh, our church grew significantly during the course of 17 years of pastoring there in our, in our giving to missionaries and support of missionaries. I don't know the exact figures. Uh, I used to know them, but, <clears throat> but uh, they've all slipped away from me. But um, I kept hearing pastors talk about going to the mission field and uh, for short term and helping missionaries, usually for a week or two, sometimes a month. And, um, and I thought, you know, uh, what benefit does that have? And so again, I talked to some pastors that had been doing that. And uh, I noticed that their churches were really thriving as far as missions outreach was concerned. And uh, the more I talked with pastors about, about taking, as a pastor, short-term missions trip to go visit some of our missionaries on the field, the more burdened I got to do that. And uh, it wasn't because I wanted to take a vacation or go to a foreign country or, or anything of that nature, but I got a burden to go see what our missionaries were doing. And so I presented it to our deacons at, uh, when I was in Hopewell. And uh, <clears throat> we had a burden. We were supporting a missionary couple that Jan and I knew, actually from Indianapolis. He, he was a former Indianapolis police officer who resigned his position as a police officer, and he and his wife, Jackie Mills, Don and Jackie Mills, uh, surrendered to go to Haiti as missionaries. And we had them in our church in Hopewell, and we began to support them for a while. And we got a burden to go visit them in Haiti. And um, Haiti is the, is the poorest, at least it was the time that we were there, and I think that still is the case, was the poorest nation uh, in, the East, in the Western Hemisphere at that time. Very, very poor nation. But we got a real burden to go and, and help Don and Jackie. They, were, they had planted a couple churches there, uh, one particularly in uh, La Pierre, which was a fishing village on the, on the Caribbean side, on the east, uh, western side of Haiti. And so I presented it to the church and uh, to the deacons, and, uh, and I, I thought probably the deacons would, would be in favor of that, but they weren't. In fact, uh, one of the deacons was very outspoken against it. We can't afford to send you there. 
And uh, frankly, it broke my heart that they had that response. And so I, I kind of pursued it a little bit. And the more I pursued it, the more adamant this particular one deacon got. Now, we, we, we don't think pastor needs to do that. And I tried to share with them what I, had, what I had witnessed and what I had experienced in talking with other pastors and even some church members of other churches uh, that had that experience of sending their pastor to the mission field of what a blessing it had been to the church. And so I told the deacons, I said, well, if you're not willing to send us, we're going to go anyway and I'll pay for it. And so they let me do that. Pay for it. And we came back, when we came back, reported to the church and, and uh, so on, I think they began to see the impact that it could have upon the church for their pastor to be able to go to a mission field and uh, get involved in the life of the missionary and, um, and be an encouragement uh, to those missionaries. And, um, <clears throat> and so, when I came here to Good News Baptist Church, uh, you were already involved in Faith Promise here pretty well, pretty well, pretty much. I think the first year, if I'm not mistaken, it's in, it's in that booklet. I think the first year I was here, uh, our Faith Promise was about $35,000, if I remember correctly. And, um, and from there it began to grow. But this church has always... Um, allowed their pastor to take a missions trip, a short-term missionary trip. In fact, the provision is, has been uh, uh, once a year, the pastor's free to go and the, and the church will, will foot that bill, uh, the financing, finance it. And I can't tell you what a blessing that's been, not just to me as pastor and the former pastors as well who took advantage of that, and, and more so the missionaries that we've been able to spend time with on the mission field. And I really think that this church has, has been advantaged because you as a church have had that vision and that burden to allow your pastor to go to the mission field and assist our mission, some of our missionaries on the field. It's a, it's a short-term trip. And not only that, not only have you backed and supported your pastor doing that and have sent some of the other staff and some of the other people the church uh, and our teenagers. Now, granted, they, they go to great lengths to raise the money to, to break, take a, a big team somewhere. But I think this church... Uh, you as a people, you as a congregation can honestly say um, what a blessing it's been to see how God has worked in the lives of our teenagers and in, and in the lives of others in our congregation who've been involved in short-term missions work. And not only that, but the, but the blessing that our pastors and and our teenagers and, and our deacons and others who've gotten involved in these short-term missions trips have been to the missionaries. 
When Jan and I went to Brazil one time, <clears throat> we visited Hickox and the Barretts. They were about three hours from each other where they were located. Certa uh, Zinha is where the Hickox were, and um, Junai is where the um, uh, the Barretts are located. Jundai is not too far from San Paulo. Uh, I just said it, now I can't. But anyway, where the Hickox were is about three hours inland there. But <clears throat> we went to visit the Barretts. The Barretts have been on the field for many years. And Larry said to me, he said, you know, uh, at the end of our visit with him, he said, you know, it has been such a blessing to have you and Jan here with us for this week. We were there for a week. And he says, do you realize that you are the first supporting pastor that has ever visited our, our work? I couldn't believe what he was telling me. He says, you know, in fact, when you wrote to us, and, and back in those days, you know, we didn't have email. <laughs> we had send notes by pigeon. <laughs> or the mail, U.S. mail, and Brazilian mail. He said, when you first contacted us about coming to visit us, we looked at each other and said, uh-oh, what are they coming here for? In fact, he, you know, he had never had another pastor visit his work. And he says, are they coming to be critical of our work? What are they coming for? Why are they coming? Well, we just had a wonderful time with them. And it was not only a help to us, but it was a help to them and it's such a great encouragement to them. And, uh, and we, we had a wonderful time. We, we visited them two times in, um, in Brazil. And, uh, but anyway, I, I just want to thank, the, thank you as a church for allowing me, as, when I was your pastor, to go and my wife and, and for letting Pastor Asher do that now and the visit missions and the teenagers and, and some of the others who go now. So the purpose for this lesson today, and I've already taken half of our time, but, but, I, but I, thought it was, I thought it was necessary for me to take that time just to thank you and to explain some background for it. But <clears throat> what I want to share with you uh, today and, and next Sunday is why it is important these missionary trips, why are they important? Are they necessary? We're asking that question. That's one of the questions uh, here in, in one of the major points of this lesson. So let's get down to it. We call it uh, short-term missionary work. And, uh, and the first point, the very first point, Roman number one, is what is short-term missionary work? And so let's define a couple of these terms here. Uh, letter A, it's missionary work. That's what it is. What is it? Well, it's, it's crossing cultural, language, and or geographical boundaries to advance the cause of Christ. It's not a vacation. In fact, you ask some of these people that have been on some of these short-term trips, you'll find out that it's not a vacation, although uh, it's, and it's not unreasonable to do this. We do take a little time to, uh, 
uh, to see the site, you know, and, and uh, visit the area and, um, and relax a little bit. But the primary purpose is, is to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in order it's to do that. And then the next uh, letter B here is short term. Short term. What does that mean? How do we define that? Well, normally it means that an individual or a team is in a, veal, in a field for generally less than a year, often just a few weeks. In our case, when we went, uh, sometimes we were gone for two weeks, sometimes just a week. Uh, I think the, the, the teens, some of those trips were, were a couple weeks maybe, Martha? 10 to 14 days. Yeah, 10 to 14 days. But it's, it's a short term, just a short time. And, um, and here's some examples of, of what it means for a short-term trip. They're short trips to encourage and assist overseas workers by caring, by caring for their children during a meeting or a conference. Um, sometimes uh, missionaries in a location where they don't have anybody to take care of their kids if there's a conference or something. I know BIMI uh, in Brazil particularly BIMI has an annual meeting down there in Brazil of all the missionaries located in Brazil. They all get together in, in a, at a resort area like for a conference down there. There are that many missionaries in Brazil where they can do that. Well, some of those missionaries need somebody to take care of their kids while they're having that conference. And, and you know, um, and I don't know that we've had a team do this. It would be helpful to the missionary that had nobody else, um, if they were in an area where there wasn't anybody else that, could, uh, that they could trust to stay with their kids, uh, that could be a short-term mission adventure to do that. Or a trip to meet local nationals and give out copies of the Bible, Scripture, in areas where long-term long workers were not able to do, uh, to do this for fear of being kicked out of the country. And there are places that that would happen. In other words, the short-term missionary could be expendable. If passing out the scriptures was, um, if, if they got arrested for doing that or something and, extend, and, ex, and expelled from the country, that's not the long-term missionary. That's just the term short-term short guy that's become expendable for the cause of Christ. Or here's really... Uh, where we come in mostly on our trips, special projects like medical relief work or building a church facility or doing vacation Bible school as our teens have done in St. Kitts and, and uh, in Alaska and for the Noros, uh, so forth. Uh, sea Hope, uh, uh, not Reggie, but um, Bar Barney and, and Gina. Uh, have gone on some Sea Hope trips. And, uh, and, then, um, and then helping the long-term missionary workers build relationships with the nationals by teaching English, uh, teaching Bible classes to the national pastors and in a local Bible college, or holding certain workshops that would provide specialized knowledge to, lo to the locals. Uh, there's improving agricultural methods methods or cooking or, or even computer work or, or things of that nature. I know a lot of pastors that do that. Our pastor has gone to India 
Pastor Asher has been to India several times and taught at a Bible college over there, training national pastors. And uh, uh, Mike Privet does that. Mike Privet goes to China and does that. China's a unique mission field. Uh, you can't go there as a missionary. You can get in as a teacher and on the side give out the gospel, but you can't get in. You couldn't get a visa if you put down the reason for going that you were going from, as a missionary. They wouldn't let you in. But they welcome teachers in. Bob Jones sends nurses over there. In fact, they've had officials from the, the government and China, the China government come to Greenville and uh, Dr. Bob, I remember him telling about this, that uh, they, and sat in his office and begged him to send nurses to work in their hospitals and so forth. Well, these nurses go with the gospel. They go as nurses to do nursing, but they have opportunities too to give out the word of God, see? Now, that's not, that's not necessarily short-term, but that's, um, that's, a, that's a good way to do it. Roman numeral number two, is there a model for short-term missionary work in the Scriptures? Well, <clears throat> many American believers are involved in short-term missionary trips. Our church has two, one or two opportunities a year. I've already mentioned that our pastor takes some short-term trips, uh, and so forth. But is there actually a Bible basis for short-term missions? Is there a model in the Bible of this type of missionary work? Or is it just an innovation of Westerners who, who don't want to commit themselves to doing anything difficult for the long term? Well, specifically, did the practice of short-term missions work have a place in the early ministry of the apostles and in the first century church? The answer to that question is yes. In fact, there are two examples that we can put our fingers on right away. Letter A, Peter's visit to the Gentile Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. I'm not going to take the time to turn to Acts chapter 10. I hope you're kind of familiar with that anyway. Uh, <clears throat> it's a clear example of short-term missions. Uh, missionary work in the early church uh, found there where Peter visited the Gentiles at the house of Cornelius. Remember the story? God sent, a, God sent a vision to both Cornelius and to Peter that called Peter to leave Joppa, where he was, travel to Caesarea, and proclaim the gospel to Cornelius, who was a Gentile, an unsaved Gentile. And the trip in, involved crossing huge cultural barriers, and God taught Peter some very significant lessons there. He taught Peter that he should not consider the Gentiles to be unclean. You see, it was a practice of the Jews in those days to consider Gentiles to be unclean because, uh, because they were Gentiles and they ate, uh, they ate meats that the Jews didn't permit and, and various things and, and didn't keep the, the Jewish law and so forth. So to a Jew, a Gentile was unclean. In fact, um, you remember that, uh, that Samaria was kind of forbidden territory for a Jew because it was uh, composed of, of interracial groups, um, Jews mixed with Assyrians and so forth. 
And often the Jew traveling to Galilee, traveling north to Galilee out of Jerusalem, would cross, uh, would go eastward across the Jordan River, up the east side of the Jordan River, and once they got north of Samaria, they would cross west over the Jordan to get to, to, get to Galilee because they didn't want to go through Samaria. And uh, that's a whole new story. We could talk about the woman at the well and different things of that nature there. Uh, <clears throat> but but they, were unclean, they were unclean to the Jews. And so God taught Peter not to consider them unclean. In fact, God says, count not unclean what I've, sa- what I've said is clean. And so he was able to minister to the Gentiles because of that. But it was a short-term thing. His mission took him just a few days to complete. And, uh, and if you were to look at verses 23, 24, 30, and 48, and I think those verses are listed there in your notes, uh, you would see that that mission didn't take very long, so it was a short-term mission strip. And then we also have Paul's three missionary journeys that are recorded for us in Acts, uh, beginning in Acts chapter 13, continue through 14, and so forth, 16, 17, and so on. Um, <clears throat> uh, these short-term missionary trips are modeled by Paul's journeys. Uh, in, the, in his book, Short-Term Missions, that was authored by, uh, by Max Stiles, he summarizes Paul's first mission, missionary journey as a series of short-term trips from one area to the next. And if you read through those passages, you'll realize that, that Paul and, and Barnabas on that first trip, they went to a certain place, there just a short time. Um, they traveled to, they traveled, uh, to Cyprus, Cyprus and then uh, were there just a short time, went to Pamphylia, and then uh, they were there just a short time. They wintered in Iconium for about four or five months. They faced uh, some adverse circumstances there. And about the spring of A.D. 94, they moved to Lystra and Derby. That's where Paul was stoned. They were there a short time. And uh, they just stayed a few months there. And from Darby, Paul and Barnabas, um, they spent their summer traveling, uh, retracing their steps to encourage these new Christians where they had just been. They went back over that trip and then returned to their home church, Antioch, which was in Antioch. Antioch, Church of Antioch sent them out. And uh, that whole trip, took about a year and a half, short term. And then on Paul's second missionary journey with Silas, this time he went with Silas, uh, there was the same scenario. And so we do have a model in the, new, in the Bible uh, concerning short-term missionary trips. And uh, so it was a thing that the short, that they, in the early church, the first century, that it was practiced by Paul and Silas, and Paul and Barnabas. Now, Roman numeral three, and I'm not sure I'll get through this whole section here, but that's okay, because we'll come back to it next week. We ask this question, is short-term missionary work beneficial? I think we probably have already answered that, but let's give some more definite uh, evidence of the the fact that it is beneficial. 
There are at least three major ways that short-term missionary work adds to the overall effect of carrying the gospel out to the world. Uh, so letter A, short-term missionary work can be an encouragement to long-term workers. I, I, told, I just gave you the example of the encouragement that it was to the Barretts and we went to visit them. And Hickox as well. And all, in fact, every missionary trip that we've, that we've had privilege to, to go on. We've been in New Zealand. We've been in, uh, in um, um, down under. Australia. Australia. We've been in Australia. We've been all over Germany. Um, we've been in Scotland. Uh, we've been in uh, Bolivia, Brazil, and uh, several other places. And, um, and every time we've been able to go and spend some time with a missionary, they always express how much they've appreciated our ministry and, and our work with them. And it's always been a real encouragement to them, and especially to the Barretts. I, I can't get over the fact the Barretts have been there for a number of years, and none of their supporting pastors had ever been to visit their work. Isn't that something? I mean, they had, a, they had an established church right there in, in uh, Gonaive, plus some other churches that they had started. In fact, I don't remember if it was the first or the second trip we took. I think it was the second trip we took with them. I actually got to preach in a new church that they had just planted in Almazina, I think is the name of the place. Uh, and uh, they, um, they asked me if I would preach the dedicatory message in that church. And there were some other churches that they had, all, they had already planted, and no other pastors had ever been there to visit them. Yes. When they were just here, at least they said they had been there for 45 years. I think so you're had, right. Like three generations now? Yes. yes. Has any other pastor been since you that you know of? Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I think so. I, in fact, I think, uh, I think Pastor uh, Baker has been down there to see him. And... Uh, but, but that's a good question. I'm not sure. And, uh, <clears throat> but, but pastors ought to go visit their missionaries. Uh, J.B. Williams, some of you may remember. J. How many, anybody remember the name J.B. Williams? Wade, Wade, you ought to know who J.B. Williams was. He's with the Lord now. He's been here at our church a number of years ago. Uh, he died a number of years ago, too. But he told me one time that there was a missionary who was from Mexico that was in a missions conference where he was the featured speaker. And uh, this missionary, supposedly from, from Mexico, presented his work. And J.B. Williams sat there with his mouth open because the ministry that he was presenting was one of Baptist Mid-Missions works down in Mexico that J.B. Williams had just visited. And this guy's presenting this work as if, it, as if it's his work. And so if you knew J.B. Williams, you know J.B. Williams wasn't going to sit down and take that. He confronted this missionary with it. And he found out that this guy was down in Mexico on a perennial vacation and had no work down there but went home and lied to all the churches that were sending him money. 
you know, for no other reason for a missionary, for a pastor to go and check up on a missionary. That would be a good one, wouldn't it? But, there, but don't take that as an illustration of what missionaries are doing because that's not, that's not the general case. And most missionaries are doing a wonderful work. But, uh, but there ought to be some accountability, you know. And uh, anyway, um, short-term missionary work can be an encouragement to long-time workers. Number one, visits by short-time volunteers can provide Christian fellowship and spiritual encouragement. Missionary work is often a challenge for long-time workers, especially in countries where there are very few other Christians so that they're somewhat isolated and lacking in Christian fellowship. Uh, just kind of put yourself in the place of a missionary, perhaps maybe just going to a new area where there are not any believers or maybe only one or two believers. That missionary would be starved for missionary fellowship, wouldn't he? Uh, you would be if you went. And so what a blessing it is for someone from the states, someone from the home church, someone from a supporting church to come and just be a, 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 an encouragement to that missionary uh, and help him with his, uh, uh, with his um, Christian fellowship and, and spiritual encouragement. Every pastor, every member of church, anybody that goes on a short-term missions trip to a mission field ought to go with that, with that motive and that motive only, to be a blessing to that missionary, to be an encouragement to that missionary, to help him further his ministry there. That ought to be the motivation for going. Um, I hope no one from this church ever says, you know, I've never been to Bolivia. It'd be nice to take a trip down there just to see what the country's like. <laughs> That's not the reason to go on a mission trip. Now, if you want to go on vacation, it's okay to have that motivation to go on vacation, but we're not going for vacation. We're going down there to work. We're going down there to be an encouragement, a help to that ministry. Uh, number two, short-term trips can encourage long-term workers by, provi by providing practical help with special projects in a way that can further their ministry. For example, this year we had some members of Good News Baptist Church on a short-term trip to do just that, uh, assisting with the maintenance and painting of a ship, Sea Hope, um, and that other ship, I forget the name of that other one. A team, was it? Mercy Vessel. Yes, right, Mercy Vessel, right. Yeah. A team also went to Puerto Rico Baptist College. Reggie was a part of that team. Uh, Tommy Warrington went on that team. Some others went down there for that. I think Mike, didn't Mike go on that team? Okay. Um, uh, went down there to, for, to do some maintenance and painting in preparation for the fall semester. Puerto Rico Baptist College, founded by a real close friend of mine, Mike Casillas, and a supported missionary who's now with the Lord. Uh, his wife, Linda, is still part of that work. Um, no, she died, didn't she? Yeah, no. Well, she's a part of it in heaven. 
<laughs> yeah. And um, uh, Jan and I have been there. I've preached at that college myself. Uh, we've been there three times, I think. I have. You didn't go with me one time when I was there. But, um, <clears throat> uh, but, but helping with spatial projects. And um, what a blessing that was. Number three, while short-term trips can be encouraging, can be encouraging to long-term workers, we need to be careful to protect the security of long-time workers and local believers. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, we don't want to act carelessly or in any way that would result in the expulsion of the missionary from the country or endanger the safety of the local believers. And there are certain areas, restricted areas, where, where missionaries are located. They have to be very careful about what they do in order to get the gospel out and minister to the, to the culture there, to the people there. And, uh, and if, they, if they did something that would be prohibitive, like in some areas you can't pass out the Bible, you can't give out the Bible. Uh, you can teach it, I guess, in a church and so forth, but you can't go out on the street and pass it out. Well, if that would be prohibited in an area, and we went down there and did that, uh, this may be contradicting, contradicting something I just said, but again, we got to be wise as servants and harmless as wise as, wise as doves and how's that go? Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Yeah, when we do things like that. And so missionaries are in some precarious places. And if we just go down there uh, carelessly and, uh, and, and, and do what we want to do without taking into consideration what the missionary may be restricted by that government to do, uh, we may be the cause of, of, of some critical uh, hurt to that, to that ministry. And so we have, to be, we have to be careful about that. All right, um, letter B. Short-term work can help participants confirm a call to full-time service. Uh, this is an important point. Um, <clears throat> there may be some of our people that maybe God's been speaking to your heart. You're not sure yet exactly what God has in mind for you. And uh, this is probably something that could be better, uh, more timely to our teenagers, but, but to us as well, because we're not too old to do some things. Um, Maybe God's been speaking to your heart, and you're just, not, you're just unsettled about what God's doing. Well, God can confirm a call upon your life by participating in a short-term mission work. And, uh, and here's, what, here's how God works. Number one, the evidence of fruitfulness of short-term trips may, be, may aid the call to full-time service. A short-time trip may allow you to test the, fruit, the, the fruitfulness among other cultures by seeing how you relate to other cultures. Uh, without fail, uh, our Good News teams, on their biannual missionary trips, every other year they, they go on one, uh, they've been impacted by the burden of missions 
Many of our young people have been seriously impacted by going on these trips. And, uh, and God can use that to confirm a call in their life. Uh, they get down there and they see how God uses them in a different culture. And God says, see what I'm telling you, what I'm trying to tell you? God, I can use you here, you know. And then secondly, number two, uh, short-term trips can determine your ability to adapt to strange environments. Not necessarily a culture in this case, but strange environments. For example, there could be a particular condition, uh, such as maybe extreme heat or cold, in which you just couldn't do very well. Uh, there may be conditions that inhibit you from functioning at a high level. Uh, you need to ask yourself if, if you can live and thrive in primitive conditions. And a short-term trip sometimes is a good way uh, to test these types of things. However, and this is a big however, do not shortchange God's ability to help you overcome some or all of these conditions. God's call is God's enablement. Now let me give you an example, a living example of what I may be referring to here. Rudy Wolf, some of you know him. Rudy Wolf ten, attends um, Fairview Baptist Church. He's the head of their uh, Spanish work over there. Good man. Loves the Lord. And uh, he's been here several times. He's helped in our Spanish work over here. Rudy Wall's ministry, uh, when, when, they were, when they were, he and his wife were on the field full time, was in La Paz, Bolivia. Does anybody have any idea where La Paz, Bolivia is? It's one of the highest elevations where people live in existence, way up in the mountains. Some people couldn't live in that environment where the air is very thin, you know? I mean, you may have some kind of uh, air passage problem or something like that. And, um, and you, you may have some inclination, well, maybe this is where God wants me. Well, you can go there and find out that physically you couldn't live there. Now, Rudy could. He, got, he and his wife adapted to it. But there might be some people that couldn't adapt to that uh, physically. And uh, it's not, not that God couldn't, couldn't overcome that in some way, but, uh, but God may not see fit to overcome that in some way. And that may be the answer. Well, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't survive in this atmosphere, in this environment. And so a short-term missions trip would help determine that. Uh, number three, short-term trips may allow you to test the desires of your heart. Uh, sometimes we tend to have overly romantic notions about missionaries and missionary life. Elizabeth Elliot, who was the wife of the martyred missionary Jim Elliot, um, she, she wrote this. She wrote this statement. Uh, she says, people use grandiose language when describing missionaries. And here's her quote. So, for example, missionaries don't go, they go forth. They don't walk, but rather tread the burning sands. Missionaries don't die, they lay down their lives. 
just glorified terms, you know. Short-term missions trips are a good way for, to, to, for us to get beyond these romantic notions and see close up what the nuts and bolts of, a missionary, of missionary life is like and to realize that missionary work is hard work and that missionaries are just ordinary people like you and me who serve an extraordinary God. All, you know, these missionaries that come to our church, they're just like you and me. They're no different. They just serve an extraordinary God. Now, we like to put them on a pedestal, and, and I think we should. We should honor them. Um, but they're just ordinary people like we are. We, we think, you know, they're supermen or some super people. But they're just as dumb and stupid as we are and physically impaired as we are and so forth. They're, they're just like us. And, uh, and so short-term trips will, will, will test the desires of our heart. And then, uh, and, I'll, and I'll stop with this, short-term trips grow our faith. Uh, Max Stiles, I quoted him earlier, made this statement uh, in his book, Short-Term Missions. He says, the short-term missions trip is an instrument that God uses to help Christians learn to trust him in deeper and profound ways. And so it can grow our faith, can grow our interest in the Lord's work and, and, uh, and our mission, mission's burden. Well, with that, I'm going to quit, and we'll take it up um, uh, here next Sunday. Uh, but I think next Sunday we'll start with your uh, testimony, Reggie, and any... If any of the rest of you want to give a testimony, let me know so I can put you on the list. Okay, Father, I thank you, God, for the privilege that we have as a church to not only support short-term mission works, but also to get involved in them. And I pray, Heavenly Father, for some able-bodied people here in this class who may have an opportunity to get on one of those short-term teams. And if that's the case, Lord, I pray that you would allow us to do it for the glory of God, we pray in his name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.